Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to episode 37. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. And so each week we put together a podcast with a question that somebody has presented to us that they need an answer for and that they can process the answer and maybe come to a conclusion themselves. And so that's what we try to do each week on this podcast. This week we're going to hit another question it has to do with the Christian life, has to do with a question that I hear not all the time, but I have heard many times through the years with regards to the issue of salvation. And, well, here's the question. Do I need to know the date of my salvation? That's the question we're going to wrestle with. Now, you might be listening to that question and you already know the answer to it and you're like, man, George, come on. That, that's really silly. Do, this, do people really wrestle with that? And the answer is yes. People do really wrestle with the issue of whether or not they know the date of their salvation. So here's what we're going to do in this podcast. We're going to look and try to address it from several different perspectives. First of all, we're going to look at why is this a question? Why is this something that there is a few people out there in our churches who are wrestling with this? Why is this a question? So we're going to talk about that. Then with that, we're going to talk about how we see salvation, because it's our view of salvation that brings about this concept of needing to know a date of when we put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And then we're going to see how does the Scripture see it. And so I'm going to go through several passages from the Apostle Paul, as well as one from the Apostle John, to help us to understand how the New Testament sees the issue of our salvation. And from that, you're going to see whether or not it's important for you and I to know the date of our salvation. So let's, let's, let's hit it right now. Let's talk about why is this a question. The reason why this is a question is because usually someone has been confronted with one of two things that brings them to a place where they have to question should I know the date of my salvation? Because there are people out there who maybe were raised in a Christian home or maybe through a process of understanding came to a place where they accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. They came to that understanding, embraced it. They're living by faith. But if you were to say to them, when did you do that? What was the date? They look at you with a blank look on their face and they're like, I don't know. I just know that this is what I believe. And, and some will even say, well, I've always believed that. And, 
And that's usually reflective of somebody who comes from a Christian home, who was raised in a Christian atmosphere. Now, here's the two reasons why it becomes an issue. Number one, it's because another Christian brought it up. The question of whether or not you know the date of your salvation usually becomes an issue because you've had a conversation with another Christian who brings up the issue of whether or not you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and they want to know, when did you come to that conclusion? What was the date that you were saved? And to be honest with you, the whole reason that they do that is, typically, if you don't know the date of your salvation, they then move to the next phase where they begin to suggest that maybe you aren't saved. And so, therefore, you know, if you just simply pray this prayer, if you just simply acknowledge Jesus in your heart, ask him into your heart, then you've got it taken care of. And even though, you know, you can be sure now because you've had this event of salvation, and even though you didn't know before, you can know now by doing this. So usually it's because another Christian brings it up and they have a motive of, because they question your salvation because you can't pick the date out. So that's one of the reasons why this becomes an issue with folks. There's another reason why it becomes an issue is it's because of self-doubts. It's because maybe the person is going through a personal struggle, usually a personal struggle with sin, or maybe they're not seeing God working in their life the way they want him to, or maybe they are not seeing him answering prayer, and so they begin to question, am I truly a Christian? Well, you know, that's probably true because I can't pick a date when I believe. Maybe maybe I didn't have that event. Maybe I didn't uh, trust Jesus, pray like most people do it, and so therefore uh, maybe I'm not saved. So this becomes an issue because, again, number one, another Christian has raised the issue because they're questioning your salvation because you didn't, quote, have an event. Or you're wrestling, number two, with self-doubts because of something in your life and you're questioning whether or not you are a believer. Now, to understand why this is an issue, you have to understand, which is the second part we're going to look at here, how we see salvation. To understand what's going on here, we're going to move into our second part and, and really look at the issue of how we in the North American church look at the issue of salvation. And I've got, just got a couple things I want to point out here. Number one, we tend to see the issue of salvation as an event. We tend to see the issue of salvation as an event, as a moment when you, sitting in a pew, decided that you needed to get saved, and the preacher had an altar call, and you came forward, and you prayed a prayer with a deacon or whoever else was there, or the pastor, and that was at that moment that you got saved because of this event, or you were listening to some TV preacher who led people through the sinner's prayer and at that moment in your living room, because you switched over the TV from the ball game to this televangelist with the bowl of popcorn there on the 
coffee table, you decided that this was the moment that you needed to give your life to Christ. And so we begin to see things as an event. And so then we talk about it as an event. We talk about it. So when were you saved? We always refer to salvation in the past tense. When were you saved? Tell us about your salvation testimony, about how you came to be saved. So we tend to see it as an event in North America. Now that brings me to my second point that I want to make here about how we see salvation. We forget, though, that the issue of salvation is a process. It's a process of understanding. Because here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, that you're ever going to find a situation where somebody has no understanding of Jesus whatsoever. All of a sudden, through one presentation, comes to a place of understanding the gospel and then makes that decision for Christ. Now, somebody might be out there and you're a little upset with me. Wait a minute, George, that's, that can be possible. God can do anything. You're right, God can do anything. But for most people, there needs to be a process of coming to that understanding because here's what has to happen. You not only have to come to an understanding of who Jesus is and what he did for you. And when I say who Jesus is, I'm not talking about that you need to understand a whole bunch of theology, but that you understand that he is the Son of God who came, lived a sinless life, died in your place, so that you might have forgiveness in eternal life and rose again on, rose again on the third day. And so you understand who he is. And you understand, number one, who he is, what he did for you. Number two, you understand your need for him. See, you have to come to a place of understanding that you need Jesus Christ, that you need his salvation, that you need his forgiveness. And so that's the process of understanding. And so for some, that process is short for others, that process is a little bit long. And so there are stumbling blocks along the way that need to be overcome, such as pride, such as self-sufficiency, and coming to the place of recognizing that you need Jesus and that you present yourself to him and say, Jesus, by faith, I believe you did what you did for me. See, we have a tendency to see it as an event rather than a process. And so because we stress the event we then put such a big emphasis on the date. Now, how does the scripture see it? So this is where I was going to read to you some different scriptures. Read to you some different scriptures. So let's, first of all, we're going to go to the book of Colossians. I want you to notice with me chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Notice what Paul says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works... Yet now he has reconciled in his body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So he's talking about what he's doing there in salvation. Notice verse 23. If indeed you continue in faith, grounded and steadfast, and have not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. 
All right, now notice now, 1 Thessalonians. If we turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I want you to notice there's a pattern here. Look with me at verse 13. For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is also in truth the the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Okay, then come over to First John. First John chapter 2. And look with me at verse 24. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If you, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise, verse 25, that he has promised us eternal life. Now here's what I want you to understand about how salvation is presented in the Scripture. Salvation is presented, each of these passages presented in two ways. Number one, a past response. Notice that each one of the verses talk about how they responded by faith when they heard. How they responded by faith when they heard. And it also shows itself not just as a past response, but a present reality. A present reality. It is the response to what they've heard, but it's also now being reflected in the life that they live by faith in congruence with what they believed before. It's a life that's reflected not just in a past event of faith, but a present reality of faith as your life is lived out. Now, See, this is where I think some folks who believe you can lose your salvation kind of maybe are confused by what's going on here because they see things in terms of an event. So if you had this event in the past, but you're not living the way you should be living right now, therefore that event must not be true, so therefore you need to have another event. You need to come to the altar again and get saved again. But the reality is is that the Scripture is showing us that it's a past response and a present reality. It's a past response where you heard and you responded by faith, but it's also a present reality where you live daily with regards to that faith in Jesus Christ, and it is a reality that is expressed in your life. And yes, you fail. Yes, you may sin, but you're living in that faith. That's why when you go to the book of Revelation and you look at chapters 2 and 3, you see things, the promises at the end of each one of those letters to those churches where Jesus says, to him who overcomes, I will do this. He gives a promise to him who overcomes. And the whole issue throughout book of Revelation is persevere. To him who perseveres, to him who overcomes, there is a blessing, there is a promise. It's faith being lived out. And that's how salvation is presented. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. We need to move away from this concept of it being an event and realize that the Bible presents salvation as a threefold process. What do you mean? Okay. Salvation is justification. The moment I heard, the moment I 
recognized who he was in the moment that by faith I embraced Jesus as my Savior and needed him, I was justified. That is, I was declared righteous, I was forgiven, justification. The second part of that process is that living in the present reality, where you are being sanctified. The word is sanctification, where I am becoming like Christ. And that's where Paul says things like this, work out your salvation. And then the final process, which nobody has come to that place in this life, on this planet, right now, is this. I am glorified. That's when I die and go to be with Jesus, or he comes back for me in the rapture. I will experience salvation in its fullness because I will be with him. This old body that I inhabit will be gone. I will have a new body, and I will be glorified. It is a process. Okay, so let's get back to the issue. Do you need to know the date of your salvation? Do I need to know the date of my salvation? No, you don't need to. If you do, wonderful. If you can point back to a significant time when that was an important decision to you, wonderful. But live out that decision each day. So like for me, I can remember that it was a Tuesday night in April of 1985. Now, if you ask me which Tuesday night, by this point, 31 years later, I've forgotten. I don't know if it was the third week, the second week, or the fourth week. I don't think it was the fourth week. So at some point there, I made a decision to follow Jesus on a Tuesday night. How do I know it was a Tuesday night? Because it was after a Bible study with a college group that met on Tuesday night. But I know it was 1985, and I know it was April. Do I really need to know the exact date? No. And for you, maybe you can't even pick a date. That's okay. The issue is, at some point, did you put your faith in Jesus Christ and embrace him as your Savior? And are you now continuing in that, in that faith, moving on forward, because that's what the Scripture calls us to, a past response and a present reality? That's the issue. Now, if you're wrestling with this question because you're not seeing God move in your life or you've, you're wrestling with issues of assurance of your salvation because of maybe sin in your life or, or, or self-doubts or whatever, then you need to maybe talk to another mature Christian and help you to kind of work through that. But it's not going to be an issue of do you know the date. It's a question of where are you at in your faith? The Finding Clarity podcast is really an opportunity to answer questions that you might have, that I might have, about Christianity and a Christian life. And you can get your questions to us through several different means. If you attend the church here at Kerwinsville Christian Church, you can just hand me a question, put it in the offering, send me a message, whatever. I will answer your question. If you don't have a church, by the way, and you live in the Kerwinsville Clearfield area, we would encourage you to come visit us. We're located at 700 State Street in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. And our morning worship service on Sunday is at 1045. We're a come-as-you-are church, so it really doesn't matter about how you dress. We just want you to come and hear about Jesus. You can contact us through our Facebook page, 
Facebook.com slash Finding Clarity Podcast. We would encourage you to like that page so you can keep up with what's going on and the questions that we're answering here. But you can message us through the page or right on our wall. Say, hey, George, I got a question. What about this? You can also contact us through our webpage, KerwinsvilleChristian.org. If you go to the contact page, you can go there and there's a way of contacting us and letting us know your question. Next week, we're going to go back to a prior question. We're going to do a follow-up. A couple of weeks ago, we did a question concerning, does God hear an unbeliever's prayer? And so some of you who have listened to that brought up a verse of scripture from the Gospel of John. And so we're going to do a follow-up to that question, especially in light of John chapter 9, and try to explain again, answer that question with regards to uh, John chapter 9, but also try to help you to understand biblically an answer to that question. Until that time, take care.